So I had to unlearn that vulnerability as a man is not necessarily a bad thing when you know what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. The greater size of things is how to overcome that weakness and strengthen yourself further to become a man that you look in the mirror and you're proud of. Just like the whole toxic, like don't don't care attitude, disrespect people, or not, not really show that you give a damn because that's you're just like a badass. You know, even growing up as a young man, you know, with the ladies and everything, mm-hmm. you'd be like, we want a bad boy, you know, we want a bad boy who does this and does that. And then you, you, you start dabbling into things like drugs or smoking weed and mm-hmm. alcohol just to have that extra factor to you as a man. But then growing older with maturity and time, you start realizing like a lot of these things are fickle. They don't really last. Yeah. If, if you if you define who you are as a person, the world will follow that accordingly and they will respect that. Mm-hmm. And if you stand on that and the moves that you make speak to that fact, everybody else will fall in line. Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani, and I'm your host, doing the absolute most on this beautiful platform where we come to have the conversations and discussions about the things that matter. Many a times we are speaking about these private struggles that many of us are actually sharing, but do not have the knowledge of. And so we come here to dissect these matters, to hit them at the core, and to bring about change, to bring solutions so that we can all move forward better and better. And most importantly, so that future generations can have it a lot better and a lot easier than we did. So why not join in the conversation, make your voice heard and continue on, keep the conversation going. Today, joining me on the show, I'm not alone once again. I have another phenomenal gentleman after the independent man, which has been doing a madness with um, some of the people that I personally know. I really appreciate you guys listening to that episode and not only that, but taking away something from that episode and running with it. and becoming a changed man because of that shout out to credo for coming onto that episode and really wowing us with his wisdom with his knowledge and you know just his beautiful beautiful presence today i have yet another one of those kinds of gentlemen his name is samuel okwagu and he is mr universal 2019 and also mr monash 2018 to 2019 today we're going to be speaking about father figures. We're going to be speaking about male role models and who better to have on this conversation than this amazing pageant king. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. What an intro. I have to give you a round of applause for forgetting my son and my first girl. In my blood somewhere, there is a Nigerian. I have said it before. I will say it again. (laughs) And I will help you say it again. It's proven at this point now. I'd like to do my own intro as well. Really? Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Miss Sakina, author, poet, dancer, podcast extraordinaire, gorgeous voice, and a beautiful mind. Welcome to the show, Miss Sakina. I finally, finally found my co-anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've listened to the show enough to know that you come heavy with the intro with your guest, so I thought, you know what, let, let me give her flowers as well. You're thank doing... you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. That was that was so unexpected, but that was so beautiful. Thank you. Do I, do I know that girl? She's, she sounds familiar. She sounds very familiar. 
but I'm happy to be here though. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's it's really a pleasure to have you. We're going to be speaking about father figures, right? Like very important male figures within our lives. So I'm going to definitely start it off by saying, how important do you think a father figure is in a man's life? I think, uh, not a thing, I know. It's very crucial. It's extremely important because we live in like in a society or in an era where we have a lot of young people, young men, who are often like directionless in terms of where they're going. Mm-hmm. And that's because there is that lack, that lack of that male figure, that presence, whether it's a role model, it's a father, or that kind of presence for you to relate or sort of admire and aspire to. Mm-hmm. And often at times, like the effect of that translates to much more greater things where you have unrest in society, crime, all these other issues that we have it's a whole combination of different things i hear you and also I like the development of a, of a male child it's so crucial before a boy can grow to become a man they're like very important key elements that need to be taken care of so if we don't have a father or a male figure to aspire to it negates for, from that male child so many crucial things that need to be learned such as discipline how to treat people identify who you are as a mm-hmm. person and mm-hmm. really trying to attach yourself to what society deems fit to be, or this is what a match should be. Mm-hmm. But when you already have a good example that you, you, you've grown to see, it helps you paint a better narrative as to who you'd like to become as a man. Can't agree more. And you did mention there that it can be a father figure, it can be a male figure in general. Do you think it matters? Does it have to be a biological father for that father figure to have the same impact? Not necessarily. I think ideally it would be great if we have more biological families being involved in the lives of their children. I was in a research earlier and it's just coincidentally we're talking about this now. It was a sociology research in terms of the family dynamics and how that played a role into a child's cognitive development or just how they develop into adulthood, adulthood mm-hmm. in general. Uh, my case study was here in essay and according to the statistics essay, it's like a they do all these like research and all these things like that in the yeah. country. But they found that like about 70% of black households don't are without male figures or biological fathers. Mm-hmm. And then almost 50% that's in colored households are without father figures or biological fathers. In Indian or Asian households, about 13.9%. Mm-hmm. And then in about 19.8% don't have their biological fathers. And these are like, these are like significant values. Yeah. You can see how you look like in the black households, how that is so alarming, like 70%. That is crazy. And for me, it's always important when we're talking about um, role models and father figures. Mm-hmm. Yes, it doesn't have to be a biological father. It could be your peers. It could be the security guard, your boss. It could be your teacher. There's so many people you can just aspire to as a man. But growing up as a child, your first point of contact in terms of masculinity or a male figure is ideally the man in the household. Mm-hmm. So when you have homes that are without that figure, it plays a, a crucial role in terms of influencing how the child ends up growing up. It's important that we, we need to have a conversation where more men who are fathers of their children are involved in the lives of the children because it helps better with so, so much more. Whether it's academics, how you approach life, and how you just go about identifying yourself as a person. Same applies with the other other male figures I just mentioned. It doesn't necessarily have to be your biological father, but ideally there's much more substance when your own father is actively involved in shaping your, your steps and guiding you along this thing called life. Mm. 
I mean, it really gets you thinking how much better society would be if fathers or biological fathers rather were a lot more involved in their children's lives. Like, of course, it very much so rests on how they were brought up and how they understand certain signals and how they translate love and that kind of a thing. But many times it's like really, really small things that are extremely significant in a child's life, like in a boy's life, in a girl's life. Just you being present, you can be there, but just you giving that little bit more of attention or, you know, just even if I'm telling you like a very random story or, but you just even like feigning interest, it makes the world of a difference to a kid. Then tell us a bit about your childhood and sort of your upbringing. Let's have a little bit of context as to how you were brought up. What kind of family did you come from? What was your childhood like? And what kind of parenting did you receive? My childhood was quite interesting, quite colorful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good birds being out here and there. But in mm-hmm. terms of my upbringing, I couldn't ask for better parents, dare I say. Like the stats I just read you out of how, how many children grew up without having a complete home. I've been yeah. fortunate to have two in a home where my mother actively has been involved. My dad has been actively involved. Growing up in Nigeria, Nigeria, which is another place where we have issues of fathers not fully being supportive of the kids or not not enough male figures. So, so growing up in Nigeria as a kid, it was always a great home. I yeah. remember... I can remember my dad always being there, you know, playing his role, caring for the family, mm-hmm. my mom being independent in her own right, but also trying to make sure the kids are good. And then, because my, my, my parents are quite religious, so that also plays a, a major fact in terms of the upbringing of a child, because mm-hmm. you're setting attributes that you get taught real quick from an early age. I remember growing up, maybe like, gets into eight, ten about and my dad had to because at the time things in Nigeria was quite tough and he wanted to secure a better living for us yeah so he left Nigeria to come to South Africa and I remember him telling me that as a child and I was I was so angry you know yeah and he's like what do you mean you're leaving you're leaving you talk now and you're leaving like next week mm-hmm. and when that happened I my my childhood changed from a phase where I had both parents actively being involved to a situation where and I had my mom who was now playing multiple roles and why I said I had a very colorful childhood because I went from being like a decent you know kid growing up to becoming rebellious rebellious during that period of time because that that figure was no longer there so i felt i had the license to do whatever i could and my mom would try she would play multiple roles being authoritative being a disciplinarian so many roles and everything but i went through a phase where i was growing up properly or whatever the norm is to becoming very rebellious like getting into risky like lifestyle sort of things yeah and then getting up to a point where my dad came to the country and i had to shift from the kind of lifestyle i was living but fire by force because you know mm-hmm. African homes are you will live whether you like it or not and I see. Different, different ways of making a point across so I learned so much in terms of the religious aspects my dad or my parents gave to me growing up the family aspects of things my dad had to treat my mom my mom mm-hmm. had to treat my dad and like children are very they remember from very very young the most little things like what you were saying of how very little things make such a big impact. Yeah. So growing up in a household where key foundation things are lacking, most likely you'll end up being influenced in some sort of shape or form. I'm fortunate enough to have both my parents involved in my life. And I definitely believe that it has played a big role in terms of how I'm transitioning as a man and what I'm still trying to accomplish. It's very crucial. So I thank God in terms of where I, where I am. Only God knows where I would have been if I carried on in the way I was going. But mm, that, is, that is definitely a colorful story. <laughs> 
for me, it wasn't that colorful because my my sense of like rebellion is more of like defiance when it comes to like chores and that kind of a thing or just being like defiant in general. Because I also have really conservative parents, really religious parents. And we went from like being Roman Catholic to properly saved. So things like going out and general socializing outside of the home, outside of school, outside of work or church wasn't really a thing so can i can definitely relate to like the disciplinarian the authoritative just like you said i'm very very grateful as well to number one to have both of my parents and to have had them bring me up in that way because only god knows what i would have become at the time it looked like oh they're just being ultimate killjoys they're just oppressing me and i'm telling you (laughs) definitely i just wanted to kill my vibe like but now now i'm like thank god like i thank you so very much i wish i would have listened earlier but i mean obviously i would have missed the lesson in that but i really wish i would have listened earlier because wow it's true like it's it's very it's very true because like what you said is so important because you see when i when i came to the country when i when, when i came to sa i was very like surprised and amazed in terms of the way our peers would lead their life at the time mm. like very free like the parents were not too hands-on or trying to like be on their heads all the time and you'd be like Omo, why can't i have this kind of you know freedom like you try to turn up and everything and and live your best life yeah so, what you said you end up growing up to a point of maturity now where you, you look back in hindsight and you see how those little things have played a role in like sort of like just guiding you here and there because you, you can't step out of the race but just guiding you to to get you back in terms of what you're heading to yeah and now that you have the freedom to do all those things i'm on the thing is not doing it's not it's not really it's not as crazy as the <laughs> desire to want to do it back exactly definitely you're not to see it like that again yeah 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 you know it's chilled now yeah (laughs) and so i'd like to also hear about some of the other father figures that then stepped in a lot more during that time because i do take it that there were uncles and brothers that just realized that okay this might be a little bit too much for mommy so let me let me come in and help shape the path for sam yeah um a few figures one of my favorite uncles my mom's brother Mm-hmm. He played the role of a dad a lot during the time when my, my father was away. He opening in terms of welcoming me to his home with his kids, treating me like I was if I was one of his own. I was bringing me close. Like, you know, like when you make a mistake and someone tells you, I'm disappointed in you. That is the way yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> it's a different level. He was someone I admire so much in terms of his work ethic. Yeah. Um, where, where he was at in life, how he was taking care of his family and not just his family, like friends, people close to him, always in that given mode, given spirit. And another person I can remember was back home. So in our in our in our place, we call it compound, Sha. Mm-hmm. Compound. It was it was a retired soldier. I remember him because whenever I would misbehave, my mom would waste no time in calling him. Yeah. I see lashes, lashes as if <laughs> as if I was going to a military camp or training. And even though he would hit me, but after someone disciplines you and pulls you to the side and tries to encourage you and give you a different type of discipline, at the time it was very strange for me. Mm. But thinking back, those were like very key figures in terms of just making sure that I knew what I was doing and being the firstborn in the family. Mm. It's, it's always I stop to remind her, like, you know that you have younger siblings behind you. You can't be doing these kind of things. You need to set your path straight so that by the time these ones come, you are able to assist them and guide. So 
And of course, my dad, he, he was never really like fully absent. He would call here and there, but you know what they say, without the presence, it almost feels like it's just empty words. Mm. So of course, youth pastor in church, he was always trying to get me involved in choir and all these like musical things. Make sure you're busy and not doing too many naughty stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, you did speak about how it was it was very different coming from like, you know, the traditional, like very conservative Nigerian way of life, especially when it came to like cruise and groove and that kind of a thing. And then being like hit by the South African vibes, like chilled, everybody's relaxed, like the parents are very free spirited when it comes to just letting their kids be themselves and be their own people, you know, very early on. Now, when it came to specifically like how you were raised as a man or how you were raised to be a man like what what were the, some of the clashes in the way that you know old soldier and your father and your mother and your uncle and your youth pastor taught you and trained you and what you now came and experienced and were faced with in south africa at yeah. school amongst your friends and that kind of a thing yeah that's a very good question it's a very interesting mix of cultures I've always appreciated my coming over here and experiencing South Africa for what it's worth. Mm. Like you said, SA is very free-spirited. They want to talk about things beyond what the spectrum is. Or they want to talk beyond what normal conversation is. Mm-hmm. And it's on a general scale of things. Although we still have your pockets of people who would rather have things like in a more traditional sense of doing things. But talking to the to young people, looking at how, how they're progressive, let me say, in so many things culturally, religiously, just the norm. Because in Nigeria, my upbringing was very, it was rigid. Yeah. You, were, you expected to be this way. And in Nigeria, the, the sentiment of men don't cry, you're always tough. You have to make sure you're caring for the people. You know, like you come last, expressing yourself or being being vulnerable and whatever extent was not really something that was discussed often. Mm. When you come here and then you see the fluidity of these kind of discussions and like even young people expressing themselves in different forms and ways. Yeah. So for me, it was interesting because I was taken back by it a bit and I was confused and I didn't know where to fit in. I didn't know how to identify myself fully or I was not yet in that stage where I understood what who I was. Because for me, it's either A, B, or C. But mm-hmm. now in the situation, I'm learning about other, these other different letters and how that could also attribute to the man that you want to be. At some point, I didn't feel like I belonged here. Yeah. It was like, it was like the way you guys do your things, it's not really how what I'm used to. Like in school settings, and often you, you'll get bullied about it because you're just different. And they didn't really understand, you know? You just know, oh, is this Nigerian kid? And they'll try to impose on you what they know of Nigeria and all that kind of stuff. And you try to take everything and try to still grow in that setting. Mm. Where I am now, I'm glad that I left Nigeria to come here because had I still been back home, there's so many things I wouldn't probably have been ignorant to yeah. or rigid to. But coming here, you get to select, you get to see like different perspectives on things and it influences like how you develop and just growing up. So now I've combined what who I am as a Nigerian, but I've also combined what I've learned from being in South Africa. Some of my friends, they don't even want to hear that I'm Nigerian. At this point, they think I'm basically South African because I've been here for such a long time. I speak a bit of the language too as well, like food and stuff. So for me, it's been fun. It's been a lot of ups and downs, but nothing that, that I would take away from that process. I share that sentiment with you. 
even with being Congolese, it's also very rigid. It's very rigid. And then you come to South Africa or you exposed to South African culture. Because I basically know more of South African culture than I do of my own culture because I was also born here. And this is basically all I know. I haven't traveled out to any country. I haven't traveled back home. So it's like, you just, uh, you just constantly like in between because it's like, no, but I'm actually like really South African. It's been a beautiful mix. And I mean, it makes us very like versatile, very diverse, you know. Mm, mm. something that many of us are not very familiar with is the unlearning or like something that we are not aware of in order to learn something new you need to unlearn the things that you knew before what what are some of the things that you then had to unlearn as you're trying to make sense of this whole like mess of this is the rigidity that i came from this is the freedom that i could potentially have and now i need to realize that okay but to be the person that i need to be or the best version of myself i need to pick and choose and dispose of the things that are not going to get me there Uh, that's a very good question like you said the unlearning part is always it's almost very difficult that people don't pay attention to it Mm -hmm. and for me I had to learn a lot of what society had defined a man to be or the masculinity of things, especially coming from Nigeria. And I remember one of your earlier podcast episodes, you spoke about, uh, your guest spoke about the masculinity and men being able to be more expressive and not being stuck on these ideas that we have created for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So one, one, one of which is just the idea of that there's no vulnerability or a man is just supposed to be a brick wall and you're just supposed to go in and go out and deliver and do whatever needs to get done without taking that time to just breathe. And for example, if I have to give context, I'm very close to my dad. Mm-hmm. And I've seen other people have this different construct of how a man should be. And with what I said about not being vulnerable and everything. But a man who is very close to me and who I hold in such high regard. I remember growing up with the mindset of that same thing of being masculine and all those kind of things. I remember seeing my dad at some point vulnerable where he actually shed tears. Mm-hmm. And for me, that triggered something in me to be like, okay, if this is someone who I hold in such high regard and who a lot of community members holding such high regard but he's able to allow himself express when he feels like okay things are not working fine right now and i don't know what to do and how to get out of it and even at a later stage of a corner situation it triggers something in my mind to say okay you need to stop defining yourself according to so many social constructs that we have out there of what a man should be or how a man should treat a woman so i had to unlearn that vulnerability as a man is not necessarily a bad thing when you know what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are the greater size of things is how to overcome that weakness and strengthen yourself further to become a man that you look in the mirror and you're proud of just like the whole toxic like don't don't care attitude disrespect people or not not really show that you give a damn because that's you're just like a badass you know even growing up as a young man you know with the ladies and everything mm-hmm. be like want a bad boy you know, one a bad boy who does this and does that. And then you, you, you start dabbling into things like drugs or smoking weed and mm-hmm. alcohol just to have that extra factor to you as a man. But then growing older with maturity and time, you start realizing like a lot of these things are fickle. They don't really last. Yeah. If, if you if you define who you are as a person, the world will follow that accordingly and they will respect that. Mm-hmm. And if you stand on that and the moves that you make speak to that fact, everybody else will fall in line. So I started unlearning the fact that stop trying to live a life that is not truly yours and start embracing more of who you are as a person and growing more into that. And that has helped me in terms of when we talk about issues like gender-based violence, Mm -hmm. um, I have a much more understanding and a much more ground level 
view on things than probably before. Like in Nigeria, it's normal to, like there are households where the male figure is hitting the wife and you have kids who grow up looking at that and seeing that. And they end up emulating these, these traits at a later stage. Also understanding the other aspect of things of men also who get abused and how to have that conversation and dialogue with men to say, yo, listen, come, let's talk about things. Not just for the sake of women, but for us to heal as a generation so that we end up growing into better male figures for the younger ones who are coming. I've been in forums with men forums and we're talking about things and discussing how we need to find our outlets, our source to say that does not hinder us from being expressive. If you're going to be around people, it should be people who want you to elevate and speak more on things that will benefit you. So I've learned that having open discussions is not a bad thing as a man. It's bravery. It's our norm. Because at the end, you're a human being. You're not a wood. You're not wood. You're, you're not, you're, you feel things, you go through things. Because mm-hmm. another issue is we attach so much things to monetary gains, like wealth and this and that. But there's, there's more to life than just the wealth. Of course, it's a great thing. But mm-hmm. there's more things that we have to look out for, discussions that we have to have internally within ourselves to say, are we happy where we at? And do we need to improve? Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot and I've stolen, like you said. But it's exciting. Like I'm so grateful for having you on. This is so insightful. <laughs> I'm learning so much. And I know that this is going to be so beneficial to somebody. Just based on like the series of episodes that I've been having. It's just so beautiful. Like I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Because the people that you are bringing to mind, the people that you are allowing me to speak to are just, wow. Like you guys are really, like you are giving it to them, like back to back. <laughs> You attract what you are and you emulate all these things already. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Is it normal something? So, <laughs> I mean, are you here to make me cry? <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, really. Yeah, no, of course. Now, do you then think that things like estranged relationships between fathers and sons can then be used as a crutch? Because in your experience, you've, you've seen both sides. You've been on the yeah. side that was moving towards destruction and you are now actively on the side which is moving towards bettering yourself and in so doing, bettering other people who are looking up to you, you know, both directly and indirectly through your actions. Definitely not disqualifying this experience. I'm not saying that it is a crutch, but I'm saying to an extent because everybody then has has a choice regardless of what happens to them you had the choice to say i'm not gonna let the fact that my father who you most probably realize later that oh my god this guy actually really loved me because he sacrificed being here with his family in order to go and fend for his family in a totally foreign country in a place where moral compasses and 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 moral standings are just different and it's a jungle out there Mm. and so Do you then think that some men or some boys use this as a crutch, use the whole estranged relationship as a crutch to not be held accountable for their actions and for their behavior? Yeah, that's serious chance right there. That's serious chance because I'm I'm, I'm a big believer of the only person that stops you from being you and elevating you to the level where you want to be at is you, Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Yes, we, we go through different circumstances and situations that bring out the worst, the absolute worst in us, or test our strengths, our breaking point, and our limitation. But I also believe that the power will forever be in our hands. And it's not as clear cut or as easy as me saying that because there's so many variables and factors that go into that. But there are there are situations where people over um, sensationalize their situation or they, they play the victim way excessively. Yeah. To the point where someone can say to you, 
Okay, Sakina, I have 20,000 rands I want to give to you. Change your life. Da, 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 da. Somebody will be saying, yeah, but then the things I've been through in life, I can't, I don't know. Like an opportunity may be staring right in front of you. And we get so consumed by our past and our past failures and what has happened to us that we don't see it, we don't take it, we delay, and that opportunity ends up going passing by. So definitely, you do have a cohort of people who they use the fact that a male figure is not there and they crutch on that. And some of which may be true. Okay, no male presence, because study has shown that it leads to the male or female child ending up being in a state of depression, maybe drug abuse, ending up in crime-related incidents, ending up in like in very risky life behaviors. Yeah. But then the opportunity for us to change and become better than what than where we see ourselves in that moment, it still lies with us. So we need to change our mindsets, like our, our, our mind and how we think about ourselves. Like the mind is such a powerful tool. And not a lot of people understand this, is that you speak what you are. There's power in the tongue. There's power in what you keep on affirming and reaffirming. So until we have a generation or more generation of men or more generation of people that are not willing to let themselves be bound by what has happened to them, only then can we then progress. Examples like your Nelson Mandela's, your Le- LeBron James, your Fela Kutis, like so many different Role models that we like, we look at and we're like, wow, whether it's in the music space with the artistry, whether it's in the academic space, whether it's in life in general, like if they had to sit you down and tell you what they've had to go through, you'd be like, damn. You look at the then and the now and you see like the clear contrasting difference. It pushes you to want to do more. It motivates you to want to do more. And that's why it's very important that us as men, we associate ourselves with people who we want to aspire to, people who elevate us in our thinking and our approach, how we view life. Because if we keep surrounding ourselves with people who always are feeling pity for themselves, looking down on themselves, or who never correct, that's another thing. We need more men who correct each other. If we never correct in ourselves and never trying to elevate each other, then we, we're just in a constant cycle. Yes. So if you're a man and, you, and yes, you've been through hardships, but you keep on using it as a crutch and the people you surround yourself with do not add anything positive or try. There's nothing motivational or inspirational to want you to want to elevate yourself in that situation. Then it's like, what are we doing? Because that's the people who surround ourselves with our network is very key to the kind of success we have, whether it's in our careers, family or just as individuals. So we need to snap out of it and start associating with people who are better in better spaces and better fields than we are. Mm-hmm. So that it triggers you, triggers your competitive side. It triggers your desire because everybody has a dream. If you're failing at your dream, you need to take up the action to say, okay, what can I do to stop this? Yes, the economy is not great. There's lack of opportunity. There's nothing really positive. But we have to make a situation where we force ourselves to get out of our comfort zones into places where we have no other choice than to elevate for the better. My dad, for example, when he came to the country, he was selling, you know, like, like people in town who sell like clothes, dresses, all these like for five rand, ten rand, all these kind of things. Yeah. When he came here, he was promised like, oh no, you'll get a job at this place because he he deals with electrical equipment and anything electricity. So like fixing of fridges, air conditioning, wiring of things and stuff like that. So he was promised that when he, he would come to the country, he would get a big job and all this kind of stuff. The person who brought him here ended up um, selling him four streams. So he, he, he had to resort to selling clothes on the streets for five rand, for 10 rand. Oh. When he would tell me these stories, at some point, like I was heartbroken because when I was growing up, I was like, in my head, I thought he just abandoned us. You know, he just left 
and he's doing whatever. Like people will tell us, oh no, you don't know whether he has another family back in SA. He doesn't care about you guys. By the time we I, I, we got to reconnect, and he would tell us how he would buy like rotten bananas. So if he made some sort of profit, because you'd have to give a huge sum of the money you made to your wholesalers, and if he made some sort of profit, he would buy maybe rotten bananas with some bread, try to eat that for, and that'd be the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sure. And if you fast, fast forward 10 years from then to now, now my dad mm-hmm. is, in, is in a real estate agency. Ask me how he got there. It's only, actually, it's only God's mercy in terms of wow. how do you mm. go from, from selling, now being in a space where you're talking real estate, selling houses, buying houses, talking with people who are doing this on a bigger platform, we're talking like nationally or even internationally. How do we go from that to there? And he told me one thing, he was like, I always made sure that the people I had in my circle, if they were not trying to level up as me, they were definitely people who were much better far off than where I was, at least. And that always pushed him, his networking and talking to people and getting himself to where he brought himself down to be able to learn from people who were younger than he was. That's another thing. We can't always have the easy way in life. We need to be able to sometimes go four steps backwards to go 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. So yes, there are people who rely heavily on the crutch of things. And for me, it's like, we need to stop victimizing ourselves and start making active steps for us to move to the direction we see for ourselves. Beautifully said. Your story is amazing, eh? Yo, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> like, yo, the grace of God is amazing. Eh? It's, it's really been a journey because I can relate to that because with my dad, when he explains mm-hmm. to us, you know, some of the stories, it's like such a similar story because he also left the DRC at least I wasn't born at the time, but the things he's he's done in order to get to where he is now and is still going. When my dad tells me that no, I'm he used to stand like in town and like hand uh hand out pamphlets and things, you know, you know those kind of like menial, menial jobs that uh, you you be see you be <laughs> carrying shoulder, say that ah, me fine gear, fine boy, I cannot do that kind of um, uh, the kind of things that they did in order for us to yeah. literally be standing today, you know, to get that that lever to be saying these kind of things today, it's really? it's really like you know, easy. It's the grace of God, and it's such a blessing to have parents like that, to have parents that just hunger and drive towards success, you know, like drive towards getting what they need in life, and more so. Definitely providing for us even when we don't appreciate it when we don't realize it yeah because that triggers you it triggers how you just view things like i remember after high school there was a point in time where i wasn't going to school because of my documentation and trying to sort my documents out for school and i had like a heavy resentment you know like, not when you feel like you're failed because i had a, a plan for myself where, yeah oh by this time i need to be here by this time i need to be here so after high school, I was like, I'm going to go into med school. And by this time, I'm going to be graduating and doing other things. So when life took a left turn, I was in a stage where I was I was low-key depressed, but I wouldn't let myself admit it fully. Mm. But like it was a stage where I wasn't putting effort into my things anymore. The desire wasn't there anymore. And I went on for like a couple of years to the point in time where and this is what I was talking about, opportunity, where I, I was getting my sister, my younger sister, enrolled for, for varsity. And this was at Monash University. And someone was like, ah, this name looks familiar. Like, I've seen this name, like Okwagu. And, and she was explaining or something like that, not knowing that 
during the time when I was going through difficulty trying to apply to schools and everything, mm-hmm. I had gotten accepted at Monash, but like a while ago, and I didn't really know what it was all about. So I was like, Monash, public health, health sciences, like I don't really, that's not really what I want to do. So I didn't really seek that opportunity out. And at that point in time, she was like, I know this name called Samuel. Coincidentally, this was the person I was talking to at the time when I was going through difficulties trying to get into varsity and all this kind of stuff. And I say this to say that she fought to have me get into the school. Although there was like a million things I had to do because it wasn't a straight, narrow, normal type of application. Yeah. When I, I remember when I got into school, I told my dad, I promised him, I was like, man, I want to do everything in my power to make sure that I don't disappoint you, that I push. Because I've seen how both my parents have been able to push and provide. And even when things were not going well with me, I still tried to be supportive. So I promised them, I was like, listen, I'm going to try and push to my best of ability to make sure I make you guys proud. And this was the same year where I won Mr. Monash at the end of the year. Academically, I got distinctions. This was the same year. With the fol- Actually, the following year, I won Mr. Universal SA. And the very following year, I won other competitions. And then the following year after that, I became the vice president in SRC. And that was last year, 2020. From that experience, I've been in forums of discussions where I'm able to speak to other younger generation of men, men who are my peers, and relate with other people and share minds and ideas and things. But do you see how it goes from a point where I had something with my crutch in terms of I failed so much at something. I resent myself and I have regrets in it. So now being like, okay, I need to wake up. Whatever opportunity I see, I need to grab onto it and use the motivation. And that's why I say the, the presence of that male figure, someone who is your role model or you want to make proud of you is so important because it triggered like a fire within, within me to want to do much more. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a state, I'm about to complete my 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 health degree. Fortunately, um, hopefully go on to something else. So there's so much context in these little things. And it's so it's so crucial. We cannot overstate them. We cannot understate them. We just have to acknowledge them for what they are. So if, if you're a guy and you're going through things and you need that extra motivation, my advice is find, find people, be in spaces where people inspire you to want to be more. And you could possibly latch onto whatever opportunity you get and put in the work to try to level up to that place where you see yourself to be. Because crying over spilled milk will never, ever bring the milk back in the container. You, you end up being hungry. Abi, straight so, up like that, man. This reminds me of, I was I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw uh, one thread about Yahoo Boy motivation. So now the one now said that they thought that they could drown us. They didn't know that we were Gary. <laughs> I think that is the best proverb that I could use to describe this episode because wow, Omar, this one I feel like I'm just, this this is a movie. This is so beautiful. Like I'm just so privileged to be able to even like bring this out of you because it's it's really something that is always a desire of mine. Like God, please help me as I'm asking these questions. Like let it it bring that gist out of them. Like let it bring out the real stuff, the good stuff that changes people's lives. And this is exactly it. 
I believe that we in this world to lift each other up. Like I've, like one of my biggest mantra is we we live to rise each other up, you know, wow. to lift each other up. So I'm, I'm very, that's why like I'm big on this platform in terms of what you're doing, talking about things that are very relevant to how young people, you know, young adults think how they develop that helps us in terms of how we want to elevate ourselves and talk about things that bother us and we can't necessarily open have an open discussion all willingly even like to come today i didn't know exactly what exactly i was going to say i was like papa go take control and whatever comes to mind let it just flow but it's definitely a great conversation to have in terms of we we always as men we need to hold each other to higher regards and always be there for each other and be your brother's keeper basically the thing is a lot of these things that we go through as men, some of them are self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. We inflict these chains and boundaries on ourselves. I, I, I want us to go beyond the surface level of what it is we feel we already know. And let's try to adapt, learn more, grow, evolve, and just become a, a greater version of ourselves. As a human being, as a man, as a father, as a friend, as a lover, as all these things put into one. You have heard it from husband material number one. <laughs> I love this one. You don't talk so. If they oh, call so they toast I you, from wife material number one. It's, it's, I, I, I'm not that? talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus on the matter of ground. As in, okay, I beg you. if they start to toast you now, don't say that I did not warn you. <laughs> I'll, I'll hire you as my agent. You're doing a phenomenal. I've told you this in private, and I will say it on the podcast so that everybody can hear as well. This young lady is phenomenal. She knows this already by now. And I only pray for more strength, more wisdom, more guidance in terms of how you go about um, blowing up this, this platform of yours and every other interest and passion of yours. Because I see this going big. I've, I've told you, like, internationally accredited, internationally known in many homes. I see this going far and wide. And I'm always happy when I see young people as myself who are doing their own thing and making their own pathways, not just the conventional way of doing things so this is great and you're doing a great job so thank keep it you up. looking forward to the next day amen amen i receive everything I'm, I'm so blessed i'm so 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 blessed by this thank you so much and so bringing us to the end right it's always a very sad end because if you have not been yeah. listening for the past few minutes this has been a phenomenal conversation let's let's quickly just wrap it up with with two last things yeah. so the second last thing would be what was the impact like what was your your experience with peer pressure during this time what role did peer pressure then play is it a myth can you conclude and say it's a myth or what yeah. can i say peer pressure the concept of peer pressure taught you during this time peer pressure is definitely not a, not a myth um, it's a real thing. <laughs> I'm sure as many people know, it's a real thing out there. Because during the time period, I went from being, uh, you know, like I said, I growing up a decent average kid to becoming rebellious, ending up in things that I, at the time I thought was cool. But looking back at it, it really wasn't. During the time of, of me going through that stage where in the absence of not having my ideal male figure, someone I'd be my dad at the time, mm -hmm. you get involved in things like gambling, trying things like weed and stuff out there, drinking a bit, partying a bit, coming back home late, giving my mother a headache, sleepless nights. They'd be like, somewhere, somewhere. You want to <laughs> It was a, a, a like different phase of peer pressure. And even aside from those things, peer pressure in trying to be someone that you're necessarily not, you know, for the sake of trying to please people. But like I said earlier, as time went on, 
and I'm grateful for those moments because I'm not, I'm, I'm the stage where I'm very confident on my skin. You cannot define to me what, where, how I should act or what I should do, my goals, what I want. If I decide to do something, it's because I decide to do it. It's not because I was played or I felt such urgency to do so. And this is because of my experience from the parts of peer pressure and just looking back and be like, okay, I learned that. I learned that from, from that time this happened. And I'll be in a stage where when something triggers you, it doesn't shake you too much because you've been there before. You've been there. You've done that. You understand what it takes. Mm -hmm. And of course, not everyone can get out of that situation of peer pressure and feeling the need to want to always just do things to, for the sake of pleasing people looking cool. I, I know people who are grown who are still who still feel the, the need to just want to make people happy or do something just because everyone else is doing it. So peer pressure is a real thing. But I think what is great is that when you can find a peace within the storm during that moment, where you come to an acceptance of where you are, who you are as a person, understanding that you are still growing and that you will make mistakes. But knowing that this is not... This is not really where I want to be. I, I want to be more. So the, the factors of peer pressure will eventually it will fade away because as a kid, everybody has gone through some level of peer pressure. It's just about, again, the foundation, like your environment, your family, your friends, your support structure, the discipline that you learn, the positive traits that you try to aspire to. Those are the things that play a big factor in terms of pulling you out of such things. No, you've redefined that for me because for the longest time I thought, man, peer pressure is not a thing. Peer pressure is just your excuse because ultimately you have a choice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but no, I, I, I definitely agree. I know that I have felt that pressure for the longest time. So we can't disqualify that effect. But lastly, man, most importantly to young men who are aspiring to be the best version of themselves, who may not have that moral compass, who may not have that figure. And even to, to grown men. So this is like to men at large. What is your advice for them? What role can they play within themselves to help groom future generations or to be the best version of themselves, regardless of what they've been through and, and what is happening around them? I have two words. Two words that are very, very profound. Stay teachable. Always stay wanting to learn, wanting to know. Understand that no one knows everything. We are cruising through it. Like mm. it's, it's trying to understand the different dynamics. So as a man, as, as a lady in general, always understand that you will not be 100% right. Your views on a lot of things will change at some point. And that in itself is okay. There are a lot of toxic traits because of culture and religion or family dynamics, peer pressure, things that have played a role in terms of making us have this narrow-minded view on things, whether it's gender roles or it's on pivotal issues in society. My advice is always be willing to learn from different sides, different story. Always know that as there's two sides to the coin, understand that your perspective cannot, you cannot dwell on yours alone. Yeah. And that's why this life is not necessarily going to school. Life is not there. There are people who didn't go to school and are winning their life. And there's a reason for that. They've understood the principle of exchange, of knowledge, of information, of ideas, of conversations that we don't necessarily get taught in schools, that we don't necessarily get taught in churches or mosques, that we don't necessarily get taught in our day-to-day -day conversations or in our culture, whether it's Zulu, Igbo, Yoruba, Osa. We don't necessarily get taught in these things. First, understand that you are you're a growing being and just like a sponge absorbs water you're still absorbing information and 
absorbing different things that you probably were not accustomed to in your own setting. And accept that there's power in acknowledging that because through that, your insecurities become less significant because you've understood your weaknesses. And now you're working towards more of how can I increase my strength? What can I do to minimize this negative parts that I feel I need to grow and strengthening much more what I bring to the table, what I offer as Samuel Okwagu, what I offer as Sakina, as wherever you are. Always stay true to yourself. Very cliche, but there's so much meaning to it. Don't try to just join the crowd for joining the crowd's sake. Society will always change. Like what is trending now in the next week, in the next month, in the next year, may not necessarily trend. That line of thought that you think, oh, was cool to believe in, or it was cool for me to act this way or approach things this way. It will not necessarily work all the time. But what works is when you found the truth within yourself and everything else you, you selectively pick from what you think adds to you as a person, mm. what grows you financially, what grows you mentally, what grows you in a family sense of things. When you start to understand yourself, then you start understanding how to select these things and add it to who you are as a person. And that can only, it only translates more to the people you have around you. Like I said, it's so crucial that we have people who align with our destiny, align with our desires align with where we want to get to so that by the time you are adding to yourself before you know it you yourself become a role model to the next door neighbor there's a new generation of young people coming up and i promise you like i've been in situations where someone has told me like like sam like you really inspire me to do this or you inspire me to do that and i'm not saying that to try to blow my own horn but i'm just talking about in terms of how good you end up feeling that someone can walk up to you and be like Sakina you're doing great and this platform that you have on right here I've learned so much and I'm evolving and I'm growing from it you are influencing other people or knowing me intentionally and unintentionally and that feeling in itself it's so pure and it only comes and this is the this is the trick part or the funny part rather it only comes once you yourself start doing things that align with you and everything else that we want in this thing called life is it a partner that we love dearly that connects with us on a, on a soul level is it in our in our careers is it academically all these things start falling into place once we understand the power that we have within ourselves and also understand the power that other people have other people have with us this life is a continuous process of learning so ladies and gentlemen that is how you end off an episode that was just out of this world unmatched unmatched like the feeling that he was describing of someone just literally coming up to you like especially when it's unexpected like that intro i'm still always did a sweet me for body like (laughs) when someone just unprovoked it's one of the best feelings in like the universe it's one of those like beautiful mercies that we just thank god for and once again thank you thank you thank you for coming on and just blessing us with your presence thank you sakina i'm I'm really honored so thank you really really and um, like i've said it all keep doing what you're doing keep doing your grind i'm a big fan of this so thank you for having me on finally you guys heard it from her i'm her co-uncle so expect us interviewing people soon yeah so <laughs> it's done it's a done deal because wow what can we expect from you i'm, I'm seeing mr world mr universe you know hey, 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 hey. she comes with the pleasure <laughs> 
I'm open to like a vast room of opportunities. They've been forcing me to enter other bigger somethings, but there are things I'm trying to do right now. So we'll see what it holds in terms of the pageant world of things. But in terms of what's next, man, it's just there's a realization of like our dreams are valued more now than ever. And then we have to just go and achieve that. I'm looking forward to whatever comes. The things I'm I'm planning and I'm having moving my way as well. So we just thank God for it all. And yeah, let's get it, man. Amen. Thank you to each and every single person that loves this podcast, that listens to this podcast. If it was your first time, I hope I didn't scare you away because I'm just very spontaneous about how I go about this. I'm still learning along the way. Baby steps, man. Baby steps. The only way to properly eat an elephant is to go one bite at a time. So that's exactly what we're doing with the podcast. I'm super, super grateful for each and every single one of you. I always say this and I'll continue to say this because without your support, there's really no point to this. Please do continue to interact with me on social media. That is Sakina Speaks underscore. And of course, go. Oh, that's so Cynthia. I was not joking. Though. You people should go on to igwe.sam on Instagram. Follow him. <laughs> so, we are not married. This is your opportunity. Just carry your blessing. <laughs> <laughs> the way I'm marrying you off. It's not easy. But yeah. Like, follow me, people. I, I, I love to engage with people. So follow, follow Sakina. Do the things if you, if you haven't already. And keep coming back. Like he said, international. That's what, we, that's what we're aiming for. So uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member. Let's make Sakina Speaks a household name. That's all I have to say. Thank you. God bless you. Mwah. Sakina has spoken. Mm-hmm.